A very warm welcome to this World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Hello, World Game Changers, wherever you may be in the world. Today, I am joined by a gentleman from across the pond, as the saying goes, based in St. Louis in the United States of America, a gentleman by the name of Dan Laura. Dan, a very, very warm welcome to you, sir. Great to be with you. And the listeners, it's one of those episodes today where we could literally end up anywhere, because Dan and I have spoken a little bit off here about what we're going to talk about, and... The truth of the matter is, we don't actually know. And the feedback that I've received quite consistently from listeners over, you know, over 400 episodes now is, listeners, you know, you kind of tend to love that two people having a conversation about life, you know, philosophy, exchanging views, thoughts. Um, There doesn't need to be a specific point in that. And maybe as a result of this journey that Dan and I go on over the next you know, however long it, it uh, you know, it turns out to be. But anyway, you, you be the judge of it, listeners. You be the judge and we'll see where it takes us. So anything, Dan, coming immediately to mind, you know, I often think like two guys in a bar or two people in a bar or two people at a bus stop, they strike up a conversation. It can be about anything really, can't it? It can, but two things came to mind as you were making an introduction. First of all, I did not know you have done over 400 episodes of this podcast. Congratulations. That's, a, that's, that's quite a library. And when I think about it is, I always think about how do I differentiate from those 400 conversations? And to me, it's always like, what's the take-home value the, the, the listener will get? And for me, it's probably I'm more around entrepreneurship in the belief that you can do something yourself. So that's what popped up as you were doing an introduction. You can do something yourself. I mean, that's a great, great opening line, isn't it? So that automatically, listeners, takes us down a certain path. And this is the gentle art of conversation because you literally don't know where it's going to take you. So let's pursue that then entrepreneurship I mean you know how would you describe that because I think from my understanding there are so many interpretations definitions understandings perceptions call it what you will of that word entrepreneurship what's your take upon it Dan? well so it's a scary word for some because it's like well what about health insurance what about salary but I note during COVID you know I think they're starting to be called the side hustle you know, uh, in, in the United States, entrepreneurship is up 25%. I don't know how they measure that, but that's the headline there. And I think people are starting to realize, you know, I'm not sure I want to work for a company for 40 years and maybe get a gold watch. And maybe I want to use my talent and skill to, to foster a dream, to bring something to market, to apply a, a skill I have to, to monetize it in some way. So that's what I, I, I love working with um, people who have that dream and are, but the, but the challenge is it's, it's heavy lifting. So entrepreneurship to me is bringing something to market to benefit others. Uh, and, that's a, and that's not a linear approach. 
we have processes now, but it still requires someone to do the he heavy lifting around, taking your idea further, uh, adding, adding people, processes, and technologies against some big three-year goal. And to me, I want to be an advocate of that. Mm. Let me play devil's advocate down yeah. in May and say business v entrepreneurship. Are they polarized? Uh, you know, I was in a, I don't think any entrepreneur today dreams of polluting the oceans or the air. And, and, and so we were, we had our first at university in St. Louis, we had our first class in our new building and it was social entrepreneurship. And it was the discussion of agent of change. So that's the funny word around entrepreneurship. There's many forms and, 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 and focuses, but, but I think doing good in the world, we, we talk about the triple bottom line. For example, I'll, I'll, I'll go down a rabbit hole. I'm known for a product called Water Babies. And it's a for-profit venture. It's a value filled with warm water. And I want to make money on it. And I want to do good things on it. And, and, and so, but it's a warm, hot water bottle doll that little children uh, get to play with to become better moms and dads. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. And we've sold 25 million of them. And it's been quite a process and a, and a journey. For this year, it's our 30th birthday. And we're doing charity water. We're trying to, um, we're pledging 250 clean water wells in Africa. Now, all of this is, I think, good stuff, but it's, fo but it's, but it's also um, uh, mercenary. I want to, ultimately, I want to do good in the world, but provide some kind of return to me and my family. And I think that's okay. I don't think that has to be polarizing. Mm. I was thinking uh, in many respects about, I drew a parallel, and I've drew, certainly drawn a parallel uh, in the past, um, maybe less so these days, between the six human needs and the first two needs for certainty and uncertainty, because I think really the, the path of entrepreneurship is, from my experience, extremely uncertain, extremely uncertain. Um, you know, maybe I'm being too subjective in this, listeners, I don't know. But, I, you know, I offer that contrast as opposed to, say, business, where you know, and I've had this kind of philosophical debate with so many people and business people that are out and out business people. And I'll say that, if, you know, if the figures don't tally up, we ain't going to do the business. It's as simple as that. Is it is it pushing it too far, Dan, to say that an entrepreneur would say the figures aren't tallying up yet, but we'll give it another go. We'll come at it from another angle. Is that too simplistic? Well, no, but to me, that goes to sustainability of the venture. I mean, you can't produce a product and sell it for, more, for less than it costs. So if, whether you're non-for-profit or, a, 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 or a, you have to produce something that someone benefits or values by, product, service, app, digital, non-digital. So, um, so for me, again, at university, the, the, the best thing to do if you have an idea is do some product market fit, test it out, tease it out, explore it, and, and, see, if, and see if there's a market for it, see if there's a demand for it, see if it solves a problem, see if it is something someone will be willing to write a check for. All these are good, valid exercises emotionally, intellectually, and, and though entrepreneurship might be the hardest thing you try, 
I say learn fast, fail fast. Uh, do some discovery before you take um, much risk on it. But no, I don't. I don't think in business or in entrepreneurship, these are mutually exclusive concepts. I think um, some folks take a hard, fast line on return on the math, but I think there's starting to be a triple bottom line around a good works affirmation, and I think you price in. Um, for me, for example, I'm going to make less margin on water babies this year, but I'm going to be able to go to Africa and see a well being built. So there's there's dollar value and then there's kinetic value and then doing good works. And I think they can all be together. I think that's a fluid concept. Mm. Pun intended, since it's water. <laughs> and I think that um, what you've what you've conveyed there, Dan, for me is is very solid, sensible advice. From my experience um, of entrepreneurs, that's not always been the case. That belief, that dream of no, it'll be you know, it'll be okay next time. It'll be okay next time. And there's another ten thousand down the drain. And there's another ten thousand down the drain. And you know, this is you know, I'm stretching this a bit. But actually, from my experience and dealing with a lot of entrepreneurs, and if I'm honest about it, my own experience of never giving up on the dream and putting my money where my mouth is, where most business people would have drawn, you know, drew a line a long time ago. Um, well, if, well, if your definition of, of business people or more uh, right side of the brain, analytical math accounting, I agree with that. Like, for example, my... I've had plenty of failures. So one, I had one product I wanted to do called a cast saver. I broke my leg. I wanted to take a shower and keep my cast dry. And so it was kind of a baggy meets Velcro and a tourniquet. Well, I walked into a local drugstore in my customer discovery mindset, and there was already a product for $9.99 called Shower Safe. Well, I stopped right there. I stopped right there. I said, the product's already being solved. So I think the listener, if you've got an idea for something, you first maybe consider, you know, what problem am I solving in the world? How big is it? And, and is my solution proprietary? Does it move the needle? Is it different than the other solutions out there? And for there, you do got to take a hard look. And then again, at university, what we do is we, if you ask your parents, if you ask your family, they love you and they'll support you and say, sure, it's a great idea. We have a process where you do a survey and you try to get to a hundred folks outside your inner circle to really ask questions about product market fit. And, and so I think discerning early, if it's a go, no go, you can make those decisions without risking a lot, um, without, um, I, I've had too many people coming to me and saying, oh, I've got these 10,000 gadgets in my basement. I'm about ready to get divorced. I've got a second mortgage on the home. But they never, but they, but they never did any product market fit. They never did any just customer discovery to, to know is this a big enough problem and is there a solution proprietary? So I'm all about de-risking it for, for folks who think they have a dream. Mm. Yeah, mm. fascinating, fascinating. So the world of entrepreneurship, you know, when when we look at, you know, we've touched upon it already, Dan, around if I can use the the phrase, making the world a better place. Um, and you've obviously, you've given a practical example of the work that, you know, um, 
you're going to be focusing on in Africa. I mean, in your mind, is there, you know, I, I ask this of our younger listeners, our younger guests quite, quite a lot. You know, if the fairy godmother came along with the proverbial magic wand and could touch one, one big issue in the world, Dad, one, I mean, there are many, as we know. For you, what would that one big concern be? Well, that's a that's a big question. I think I think sustainability. You know, I think you know we've polarized and political politicized um, uh, climate change. I think that there's all these buzzwords, but you know, there's a lot of people on Earth, and there's going to continue to be a lot of people on Earth. And how do we uh, sustain? And there's many levels of that. So. Um, I want to make sure that uh, humankind, as we know, it's around for an indefinite period. And I think sustainability is an issue. Mm. There's a lot of stuff out there as well, isn't there, about how close we are to, um, <laughs> to extinction. How does that <laughs> sit with you, Dan? Is that, is that scaremongering? Is that reality? What's your own take? So when you say that to me, what resonates is, you know what, um, I, I don't come from fear. And so to me, I would hope if you're, if shine your light in your corner of the world, be the change that you, you seek in the world and live like we have plenty of time left and none to lose. Mm -hmm. So me, I'm 60, I only have 30 years left, you know? And so what can I do in that time period <clears throat> in my little perch, whether it be through entrepreneurship or whether it be through a conversation or whether it be through my passions, to, to touch as many lives who will listen and, and, and do their best thing. That might not be my best thing, but so, so to me, it's live urgent around something you love. And I, but I can't, but I have to be free from worry about the, the, the doomsdayers or otherwise that's paralyzing. So I don't, I, I, I acknowledge it's out there, but I, I can't live that way. And I would suggest for the listener, do the best you can with what you have and the time you have and but I, I live a life free from worry. Mm, love that, love that. And it's nicely segued us into this. Listeners, you've heard this so many times before. This simplicity. Notice I'm stressing the word simplicity between the choice we have between love and fear. <laughs> Choose one master because you can't serve both. Too simplistic, Dan? No, I. I, I... It's um, you can call it the universe, you can call it faith, but um, we we can't we can't control anything except how we react or think about what happens in front of us. Mm -hmm. So it's the same thing with entrepreneurship. It's I keep going back to that. It's it goes back to the I don't know if you guys studied Maslow and it, it's it's the hierarchy of needs. We have to have we have to have food and shelter. We want to get along and socialize with others, but then we're called here to self-actualize to be our very best selves which to me is leaving something of value behind and so i don't mind being simplistic uh, because it's very root um, what are you called to do sitting here listening today and the the waste is to not not create action around that another thing about entrepreneurship is bias towards action uh, get off the couch get 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 off the computer and create action around what your passion is. And, and, and so um, that's that living urgent piece. And, you know, that, that um, I'm working on a piece at the moment, Dan, between the seven stages, 
and it's a kind of, you know, um, I'm 60 years of age, same as yourself. Um, the path I've trodden that's took me from fear to, to love. And it's interesting when you use words like love to the more masculine energy, particularly, and the, the kind of hesitancy around it. And, the you know, I won't say the non-acceptance, but... Um, or the rejection, but how it kind of doesn't land naturally. But the reality is, Dan, is it not for all of us, you know, irrespective of what body we're in, you know, what vehicle we drive around in, you know, what body, um, love does make the world. You know, there's a lot of records and a lot of cliches and lines in records, isn't there, about love making the world go round. But it really, really does, doesn't it? I mean, there is no other stark truth or any more starker truth than that I, I you know you made me think i agree you made me think of a company in the united states there's a there's a huge um uh, airline company called southwest airlines and they um their culture is love and they started out just going from houston to dallas and they're now number one of the maybe top three in the united states and not at the front of every plane is a heart and, and, and so masculine, feminine, this was a cigarette smoking, tough founder guy in Texas, and he came from love. And so love and success, love and profit, love and are not mutually exclusive. And so whether you have love as a, as a faith journey or as a as a, as, a, as a relationship journey or familial, or there's so many definitions of love, but in the end, of, of, of course, you know, our campaign for water babies is water babies loves charity water. Mm. And so what that means is this product loves what this a non-for-profit is doing. There's nothing wrong with that. And so, um, no, it's a it's it's okay to say, um, even as men, <laughs> the yeah. masculine side. Yeah. Do you feel, Dan? I mean, you know, dare I say, use the royal we? You know, because we are sixty years now, and, and I want to challenge you, if I may, on your you you know your thirty years left. But pull that thought for a moment. Um, you know. Do you feel that there's a shift, an energetic shift taking place in the world where there's a, hasten to use the word softening, but love is starting to come through now? You know, is it because people have become so kind of embittered and they're looking for that real, I don't know what it is that, you know, the French je ne sais quoi, I don't know, but I certainly feel that there's a love starting to emerge and seep through quite dramatically into the world in a way that, you know, in the, um, the six decades that I've been present on this planet, then I've never been aware of it before. Can you relate to that at all? You know, I don't know if it's the same for you across the pond, we say too, uh, you know, I think COVID, I think the fact that a lot of people are, we're social animals, we're animals, and we crave interaction. And so this year off of being isolated in your space in talking through digital medium, I've noticed that when I get to class or to a restaurant or almost strangers are wanting to talk to you, wanting to interchange. And maybe part of this is um, empathy. And we've all gone through a life situation where no one 
was unscathed. We, we talk about students graduating from university, what a terrible thing, starting a career. Well, look at little kids wearing masks and wondering why they have to wear them. And so I think my prayer is, I think, can empathy come out of this? And I think everyone's reevaluating their role in life. Mm-hmm. Why I'm here? What is my purpose? And, and so that's a good thing as long as that prevails. I think the, 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 the counter force of that is this, certainly in the U.S., this 24 by 7 screaming media that we have that has to sell a bad news headlines to keep market share in the rampant social media. That, that's, that's, the, that's the curse, I think. But no, I think the human existence is one of wanting to crave interaction, wanting to crave togetherness. And I think that the world's noticed that we want to be together, not apart throughout this pandemic. Yeah, fascinating. So, you know, just going back down, I've flirted with the concept of 60 becoming 90. Can I just share with you as a, I don't know, what's the um, octogenarians in 80? I don't know what the word is for a 60-year-old. Uh, but anyway, two 60-year-olds. Let me, as, as a fellow 60-year-old, Dan, let me share with you, if I may, um, listeners, you've heard me say this yet again many times, and I'm focused on it, um, not to the point where it dominates. So I, are, you know, I have this philosophy in life called the game of life. It was from my time as a youngster um, and then being involved in football, um, or as our cousins call it, soccer. Um, and normally we have 45 minutes per half, which gives us 90 minutes. And then we've got the bit in between and then we've got the extra time at the end of each half and all that kind of thing. However, there's a, when we go into a cup game, we play an extra 30 minutes. So my take upon this game of life, Dan, is I am here for 120. So I'm just reaching half time, just reached half time now. You know, the, the teams have been bought off for reflection, half time reflection. What's good? What's bad? What, what, you know, are we achieving goals? What needs to happen in tactics of life? Reflecting very deeply on that. Do we need to sign some other quality players to help us achieve victory in the game of life, whatever victory is? So I'm at that halfway stage. So I just share with you, Dan, that, um, you know, I've got another 60 years left. And then, even then, there might be extra time on extra time. But, you know, let's not get too carried away at this stage. What I would push back on is science, um, but, but also um, philosophy, mindset. So one of the things um, I think about when you say that is one of the biggest mistakes people make in relationships is believing we have more time. Because the reality is we're both saying we're both predicting our termination date. Mine's 30 years, yours is another 60 years. I could, this might be the last conversation we ever have. Yeah whether I get on an airplane or in a car or, and so to me, if you, if you say, yeah, I've got another six years and that gives you comfort to not do something with your life. Uh, I rail against that, that I bristle against that because um, give the number, if you're not living urgently or with purpose or with direction, and you're just thinking, Oh, I can get to that next year, next week, next decade. That <clears throat> is a false assumption um, so I don't fear death. I don't fear aging, but I do, but I'm hungry for getting it all in while I can. And I know I'm healthy now. 
and I know I'm energized now, but I don't know if I will be in three years or five years or seven years or so that's the, the other part I want to say to your listeners and to you is we've got a guy in the United States called Warren Buffett, billionaire investor. He's 95. And they, I just saw an interview with him on TikTok actually. And he, they said, what do you, how do you define success to this billionaire? And he said, well, by the time you get to be 65, if everyone you want to love you loves you, then you're successful. And I'm like, wow, how brilliant. Because maybe you have kids that haven't come around yet or family or, but, but that's his thing. By the time you're 65, noting that it takes time and noting that the people in your life have to mature enough around you. But he also caveated with the people who you want to love you, love you. So I thought that was rather brilliant. I'd just like to contextualize the, and, and I do agree with what you've said, by the way, around, you know, um, the, the remaining time, because, yeah, there's no guarantees. We know that, you know, the great football manager called Source at any time might say, I'm going to substitute you. And we've got no say in that. It's no good arguing. We're, you know, we're going to be substituted for, uh, for another player on the pitch. However, where I flip that on its head, Dan, is say this. In 60 years, what about if every one of those 60 years was crammed into a moment? How many amazing moments can we then pull out? Because for me, that's where the magic happens. That's where that belief and not being crippled and hammered and constrained by fear, playing full out, running full out. This is it, guys. I'm here once, might be gone tomorrow, might be gone in a second. But you know what? This 60, 60 years worth or whatever the figure is, you know, we're being creative here. But for me, I'm, de I'm personally deadly serious about this. I cram every second in and every moment that I can. So that's what we're doing today. So I think we're hitting on another thing. I'm talking to you on this podcast, your listeners, and my hope against all hope is that someone listening will find meaning in it mm. and, and, and do something about it. And then by definition, my life would have mattered. Yeah. So, and, and so I think that um, we all want to have meaning. We all want to matter. We all want to influence. Uh, that's why you've done 400 podcasts plus. Mm. And that's why I agreed to talk because I don't know um, who might listen to these words, but if it, but if it creates positive action in their life, a, a, a deeds over words, then I feel better about uh, my day and my life. Deeds over words. Wow, what a simple three words. I want to finish off with a very profound, um, something that came to me, Dan, as recently as a few days ago. But before I, uh, I do that, um, I want to invite you in to share your contact details, how people can reach out, find out more about you, your work, et cetera, et cetera. Lovely. I really appreciate that. We're building a best-in-class entrepreneur center at the University of Missouri-St. Louis. So if anyone Googles UMSL Accelerate, UMSL Accelerate, you'll find our work there. If you Google Water Babies, you'll find our work there. In the U.S., our favorite social media right now is LinkedIn. So if anyone wants to uh, just uh, type in Dan Lauer, L-A-U-E-R, that's really the best place to learn about me. Uh, so a lot, thank you for allowing me to share that with your uh, audience. I was speaking to a 10-year-old 
on uh, or a few days ago we was we, you know we was talking about life and how things are fascinating young fellow he was absolutely fascinating and we'd never spoken before so you know i just said to him okay tell me about the things you like in life and he said well he said you know i love being kind to animals and i said that's beautiful what else and he said i love creativity so wow okay but creativity comes in many ways shapes forms sizes you know can you give me a can you give me an idea so oh, yeah definitely he said origami okay wow i've never heard that before i've heard many things about being creative but i've never heard it in the in that word origami why is that so important to you and listeners then i share that this is you know every now and again you hear something that is so profound it rocks your world and this is what the 10 year old said to me and talk about from the mouths of babes he That's said well paul it's simple he said, you can take a simple piece of paper and you can make it into anything you want. Now, if that's not a metaphor for life, I don't know what is. And he's 10. He's 10. Right. Well, from the mouth of babes, like you're saying, because they have a childlike curiosity that sadly a lot of years and time beat out of us. So it's how do you keep that childlike heart? How do you keep that childlike curiosity and mindset? Uh, because we all crave going back to that 10-year-old who sees it so simply. Mm. And that's probably a very nice way to draw towards a close, Nan, and invite you in for one final comment to say, how do we maintain that childlike curiosity in, in your in your humble opinion? I don't know. You know, the, the, it, it, are people born optimists? Are people, um, I think, I think uh, you've touched on it, simplify. Uh, there's so much clutter in life I would say the simpler you can make it the simpler you can reduce it down to Um, and then some of these attributes we talked about today in the end it is curiosity and child heart and love so the more distracted and cluttered we are the less we get what we want yeah okay and if I can be just by way of finishing off listeners allowed to answer my own question and Dan's reinforced that word simplicity, and it is simplicity. It's all wrapped up, the starting point is all wrapped up in the stories we tell ourselves. And I'll leave you with that thought. And all that remains now is to thank Dan and to sign off by saying, remember, the world's changing. How will you respond? Thanks very much for listening to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the world is changing. How will you respond?